you very much, Ben. I just invite you all to take a seat and uh, extend a warm welcome to everybody joining us here tonight. If you don't know me, I'm Josh, and we're just so glad that you are here and joining us for part three of a four-part series called Decisions. And the reason why we're doing this series is we want to help you make better decisions so that you live with fewer regrets. Because at the end of the, de- at the, end of the day, the decisions you make today determine the story that you will tell tomorrow. The decisions that you make in the next 24 hours, in the next 10 years of your life, will, deter- will tell a story. And it will either be a story you are proud to tell or one that you would prefer not to tell. And we would love you to write a story that you are proud to tell, to help you make better decisions. And in part one of the series, we said in order to make better decisions in the moment, in the present, you need to begin with the end in mind. You need to know what story you want to tell at the end of the day, and then make decisions in the moment that will move you towards that. And we got you all to ask this question. If you weren't here, the question was simply this. What story do you want your life to tell? At the end of the day, you are in the process of writing a life story. And you will continue to write that story for the next 20, 50, 60 years from now. And what one do you want to tell at the end? What story do you want to tell at the end? Do you want to tell one of a fantastic marriage, of a fantastic successful career, one that you were passionate about? Do you want to tell a story of being honest and being generous where people felt that you were compassionate and you loved them? What story do you want to tell? And then last week in part two, Chris introduced us to this one question, this other question that will help clarify every other question that arises in your life that will give clarity to some of the decisions that you're unsure about and will help you to make decisions in the moment that will move you towards that story that you want to tell. And the question was simply this, what is the wise thing to do? Not what's the legal thing to do, not what's the I can get away with thing to do, but what is the wise thing to do? And we asked it from three different vantage points. We said, in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And tonight, I'm kind of picking up off that idea because there are going to be moments in your life where you ask this question and you don't know what the wise thing to do is. There are going to be moments when you ask this question and you're going to be puzzled. You asked it and you asked, in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? And you're not going to know. So what do we do when we don't know what to do? What do we, know, what do, we do when we don't know what the wise thing to do is? And that's what... I want to answer for you tonight. Because chances are, you asked this question or you asked a question to help you make a better decision in the moment. I don't think anybody goes, how can I make a terrible decision? A decision that will ultimately, I will regret in my past. Nobody goes and goes, how can I make myself experience the most regret, regret in my life? Nobody thinks that and yet we make decisions that we regret in the end. Not because we wanted to regret them, but because we just didn't know. And we look back on them and we go, I should have seen it coming. I should have known that if I made this decision, it was going to lead in this direction. I should have known that if I did this, if I spent this, if I stayed the night, it was going to lead me in this direction. I should have seen it coming. We've all had those moments where we've said that to ourselves. I should have known that if I bought that car, if I quit my job, it was going to put me in a place where I was going to be financially strapped. I was going to be in immense debt and I was going to never get out of it. 
I should have known that staying the night, that dating them, that marrying them, that getting into that relationship was a bad decision and it was going to ultimately hurt me in the end. It was going to cause me to compromise on my values. I should have seen it coming. I should have never went over there. I should have never called them back. I should have seen it coming that doing this deal in business was going to affect uh, my relationship at home, was going to affect the stability of my career. I should have seen it coming that taking that overseas trip and spending six to, 12 mo- or six to eight months away from my family was going to have an impact on my relationship with my children and my relationship with my partner. I should have seen it coming. We've all had moments like that. And here's what's interesting. If you should have seen it coming, chances are someone did see it coming. And either you didn't listen or nobody warned you. And the reason why nobody warned you is because they thought that you wouldn't listen. They've warned you in the past that you shouldn't date them, that you shouldn't spend that, and you didn't listen. So they figured, what's the point? I see it's not leading in the right direction, but they can't see it, but they're not going to listen anyway. I guarantee you, if you can, should have seen it coming, someone did see it coming. So, and this kind of leaves us with a question. This sets us up for where we're going tonight. What, why can I see it coming and you can't? Why can somebody else see it coming but you can't? Let me flip it around. Why can I see trouble coming your way but you can't see it, but I can't see it coming my way? Why can you see trouble coming my way but I can't see it coming your way? Why can someone else see it but you can't? And the reason, or part of the reason why, is emotionally charged environments are not ideal for decision-making. And almost every decision-making environment is emotionally charged, particularly the big ones. And emotions are bad, but when it comes to uh, emotions and decisions, emotions can cloud our judgment because the nature of emotions is simply this. Emotions make the obvious less obvious. Uh, This is why I will make probably better financial decisions than you will with your money. If you were to give me your wallet, if you were to give me your bank balance and to um, give me control over that and you had to ask me about the purchases you were going to make, I would probably do a better job of managing your money than you would. I would never make an impulse buy. You would walk through a store and you would see about 10 items you need and you would ask me, can I buy them? And I would say no. And nine times out of ten, because you've got nine pairs of clothes already like that and you don't even wear them. You've got the iPhone 8. You don't need the iPhone 10. Your iPhone 8 works perfectly and yet you're like, please, please can I have it? And I will say no because there's no emotion in it for me, but there's emotion in it for you. And that's not to say I'm a fantastic financial like, manager. The opposite, like, if you manage my money, you would make far better decisions than I would. You would, I would walk through a Nike store and I would see about six pairs I want and I would go to you and can I have them please? And you'd be like, no, you've got three pairs already and you wear thongs most of the time. Like, <laughs> why do you need another pair of shoes? And it's not just with our finances. It can be in relationships as well. This is why you're a relationship expert when it comes to everybody else's relationship. In fact, you're not even in a relationship, but you know everything about relationships because 
relate, it's obvious to you what they need to do. It's obvious to you what they need to buy, where they should take them for dinner. In fact, the last, your best friend's last Valentine's Day present was your idea and he took it because he had no idea what to buy them. Because, and you, it's not because he doesn't know her, but it's because emotions make the obvious less obvious. This is why people can be friend-zoned and not know it, and it is obvious to everybody else. It is obvious to everybody else, and they even tell them, you are friend-zoned. And this isn't like a almost kind of friends, you know, kind of getting in a relationship. This is friendship lake. You are never getting out. It goes nowhere. You are friend-zoned, zoned. It is never happening. And they tell you, and they warn you, and you're like, no, 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 no. No, no, she likes me. Oh, no, 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 no. He likes me. Like, he, he texted me. Yeah, what did he say? Hi? He says hi to everybody. No, 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 no. But he said hi to me. We're, we're friends. Like, no, 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 no. We, we're going to get a relationship. And they're friends and, and they, they get in and they, they tell them and they kind of find out. Oh, I should have listened. Um, and it got really awkward, didn't it? See, emotions make the obvious less obvious. And it's with finances, it's with relationships, it's with careers. Whatever there's a decision that involves you, chances are it's emotional. And chances are it will cloud your judgment and potentially prevent you from making a wise decision in the moment because you can't see it coming. But just because you can't see it coming doesn't mean that somebody else can't. So the question really is this. What do we do? What is the wise thing to do when emotions are high? What is the wise thing to do when we don't know what to do? What is the wise thing to do when we don't know what the wise thing to do is? And the answer is so simple. It's one word. Listen. Listen. Because the wise recognize when they are in no condition to decide for themselves, by themselves. You listen. Because you may not see it coming, but I guarantee you somebody else sees it coming and the wise person listens. The wise person when they're mad, they're like, uh-oh, I should probably ask somebody for some advice, I'm mad. They're like, uh-oh, this is emotional, I should probably pause and invite somebody into the decision-making process. Uh-oh, I'm lonely and I'm so prone to fill in the blank, I should probably invite somebody else into the conversation. At the end of the day, uh, the wise people, they recognize when they are in no condition to decide for themselves, by themselves. And they may not see it coming, but they are wise enough to ask others about their situation and to ask others for advice because they know that they may be able to help. And this is such um, an important idea and such a significant idea um, that Solomon, uh, a character within the Bible who lived a thousand years uh, before Jesus, is situated in the Old Testament. Um, we're going to be talking about him tonight. Solomon, the wisest man on the world, wrote about and spoke about seeking wise counsel more than anybody else. Solomon, if you don't know who he is, um, was from a young age... Um, He was given uh, wisdom from God, Uh, whether you believe that or not, let's just go with the story. He was given wisdom by God, and he said, you know, 
You know, I'm going to give some people the ability to solve a math problem. I'm going to give some people this amazing ability to pick up a musical instrument and play it. And Solomon, I'm going to give you wisdom. And Solomon was so wise that everybody around knew that he was wise and they would come to him for advice. Solomon would eventually become a king of a nation and with his wisdom, he would expand the, the, the reign of that, of that nation. He would expand the wealth of that nation. Um, he would not only expand the wealth of the nation, but he would expand his own wealth to the point that he became the richest man that uh, lived at that time. Not only that, but Solomon was so brilliant that uh, he knew architecture as well, and he con constructed one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Solomon was so wise that others would come to him. Kings and queens would literally send their people to come and line up and ask Solomon a question they were wrestling with because they understood that Solomon was wise. But luckily, you don't have to get in line. Luckily, Solomon actually documented a lot of his wisdom. In fact, we have three books uh, within the Old Testament written by Solomon. One's Ecclesiastes, one is Song of Songs, and the third one is Proverbs, and that's the one we're going to look at tonight. And Proverbs um, is a book, um, it's 31 chapters, and within every chapter is consisting of a lot of one-liners, things you'd see on a poster or, or um, kind of the bottom of your letterhead, just these one-line statements filled with wisdom. And uh, within Proverbs, uh, something that's interesting, if you read through it, you will discover that Solomon writes a lot about seeking wise counsel. In fact, what's more interesting is that Solomon actually writes more about seeking wise counsel than any other ancient writer. He writes more about seeking wise counsel than any other biblical writer. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, the man who needed counsel the least, spoke and wrote about it the most because the wisest man who ever lived understood this, that there are going to be situations and you're not going to see it coming but somebody else will. And the wise person invites them into the decision-making process. And when they do, they gain the clarity to make the decision that they will ultimately be glad they made. And I just want to give you kind of a snapshot view of some of these one-line statements that he records in um, Proverbs, kind of give you an overview of what's happening. Um, one is in Proverbs 9, it's going to be up on the screen. It says, instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Instruct the wise or speak to, advise the wise, and they will be even wiser. They may be wise, but they will increase in wisdom because they will listen and they will understand and they will apply when you, when you counsel them, when you instruct them, when you advise them. There's another one as well. He goes on and he says, A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. And this word acquire can also mean seek out, or in our context, buy, um, bring in a consultant, um, listen to a counsellor. This acquire wise counsel, that is what a wise person does. And they listen, and when they hear, they increase in learning. They become better for it, and they inform their decisions so they can make better decisions in the end. Um, here's kind of the negative twist on kind of the same thing. Solomon goes on to say, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listens to others. 
Fools think their own way is right. We've met people like this, right? Fools who, they think their way is right even if they're wrong. You know they're wrong, all the facts and figures point to that they're wrong, but they think their own way is right. They think that they're the smartest person in the room even if they're not. They think that their decision-making process is way better than yours even if it's not. The facts and figures may point towards the fact that they're wrong, but in their mind, they are always right, and they will never listen because they don't need to listen. I'm right, you listen to me, I'm always right, even if they're not. But the wise person, they listen to others. Here's another one, um, and this is one you've maybe heard before. It says, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans fail, or in our context, hopes and dreams fail because of a lack of counsel. But with many advisors, by inviting other people into the decision-making process, by inviting advice into the process and listening to others, they succeed. And if you want to achieve your hope and your dream and write that story that you want to tell at the end, it will require you to listen to others. Now, Here's what I know about you. You're smart, and you've already heard this before. You know all this. You've n this isn't anything new. In fact, um, none of you are sitting there and going, wow, this guy is brilliant. Ask for advice. I have never heard of that. I have never thought of that. This is mind-blowing. I have never come up with that idea. Ask for advice. This is a game-changer. Oh, he should write a book. Nobody's thinking that. Seeking advice is not an original idea, is it? In fact, if you're a teenager, you've heard your parents tell you this over and over and over, and you're like, I know. My parents have been telling me this my whole life. I need to listen to others, but you know, what's going on there? And if some of you are counsellors and you know this, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is good. I'm going to use this. Others, others of you hire counsellors because you know this. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything unique. This isn't rocket science. So why don't we do it? So often, we know that we should ask others, but so often, we don't. We know that um, plans fail because of a lack of counsel, and yet, we fail to ask and invite counsel in. We know that there is value in listening to the opinions of others, and yet, so often, we don't. So often, we just do it our own way. So often we just go, well, this is the only option I could come up with and I'm just going to run with it. I'm not going to ask anybody, I'm not going to listen to anybody because I'm right. We know that we should listen to others, but so often we don't. So why? I think there's several reasons. One of them is this. We already know what the wise people are going to say and we just don't want to hear it. Didn't we spend most of our teenage years with this idea? We know what mum and dad are going to say, and they just want to kill our fun, so we're just going to go do it anyway and not, like, sidestep the whole asking thing. Oh, we know what our friend's going to say, but we're not going to ask them because we just want what we want. And so we get into these situations, and we don't bother asking because we don't want to hear what they have to say. Now, let me just be direct and a little bit um, harsh for, for just a moment. If you know the right thing to do, if you know the wise thing to do, and you just don't do it, Solomon has a term for people like that. 
He says that they're a fool. That's what a fool is. It's somebody who knows the difference between right and wrong and just chooses to do wrong. It chooses to do what they know isn't wise. Not only that, I think there's another reason why most of us don't seek advice, and it's simply this. It's nobody else's business. It's my life, it's my relationship, it's my boyfriend, it's my career, it's my university degree, it's my house, it's my money. I don't need to listen to you. It's my life, it's my decision. I don't need you, I don't need to listen to you because at the end of the day, it's my decision, it's my life. And while it may be your life, and yes, while it is your decision, both of us know that the decisions you make impact more than just you. Particularly if you're a boss. Particularly if you're married. Particularly if you have kids. Your decision impacts more than just your person. Not only that, but the decisions that you make in private between one, uh, just by yourself or with a couple of people have public consequences. Private decisions have public consequences. And you've seen this. If you've ever seen a a scandal on the news, this all started with a private decision. Every scandal happened and started with one private decision. And it turned into another private decision. And they thought it was, it's my life, it's my career, it's my money, I'll just continue to do what I want because it's my life, it's my decision. And it ended up coming out and hurting a lot of people. It came out and it actually had a big consequence on their own legacy and their own story. See, private decisions impact and have public consequences. Now, that's nothing new either. You already knew that. And yet, there's something within all of us that seems to resist and seems to say, I've got this. I don't need advice. I don't need to listen. I I can do it on my own. So what is that? It's this. Pride. Pride is what prevents us from seeking the advice of others. Pride is what will prevent you from asking others for their opinion. Pride says, hey, I know everything. I don't need you. I know the right way, I don't need to listen to another way. Pride, as Solomon would say, pride leads to conflict, but the wise take, those who take advice are wise. Pride leads to conflict because pride says it's right. Pride starts and ends with you, and there is no room for anybody else. There is no room for anybody else in the decision-making process because pride is consumed with itself. And so when somebody bucks up against your idea and bucks up against the pride's kind of concept of the right way, it says, you're wrong and I don't need to listen to you. I'm going to cut you out because I'm right and I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to um, listen. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to go my own way. And it leads to this conflict head to head, this conflict in relationships, this conflict at work because One person thinks they know it all, even if they don't. They think they're right, even if they don't. That's pride. But the wise person, they take the advice of others. So why does pride prevent us from asking for advice? There are a lot of reasons, but the primary two things that drive our pride 
and that prevent us from asking the advice of others, it's two things. And we're going we're gonna to wrap up pretty soon, but it's two things, and I want you to lean in and listen to this. It's success and failure. These two things are the very things that pride feeds off because success is intoxicating and failure is humiliating. Success, when you succeed, it's great, but there is kind of a catch to it. It's what I like to call the curse of success because when we succeed, so often we can begin to believe that we know it all because we knew something about that. We were right here and therefore we're right over here. We were right about these things and therefore we're going to be right about everything. We, made the, we got the job, we, we're the top salesman, we, we've got the girl, we've, we're getting straight A's, we're getting straight sevens. We don't need to listen to anybody else because success, we're successful. Why would we need to ask others for advice? People come to us for advice because we know how to get there. And everybody is vulnerable to this. Even Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, was vulnerable to success. In fact, he fell victim to it. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, ended up having a turning point in his life. See, for the first half of his life, he made fantastic decisions. He invited others into this decision-making process, and he made fantastic decisions. Increased his wealth, increased the wealth of the nation, expanded their borders, uh, constructed one of the seven wonders in the ancient world. But there was a turning point. See, Solomon got to the point where he was like, well, I've been right all this time and people are coming to me for advice. I'm right about everything. I'm the wisest person who ever lived. Why would I need to ask anybody for advice? And Solomon did it alone. Solomon made decisions on his own, and he stopped listening to others. He stopped inviting others in. And people warned him that these decisions were going to hurt him, were going to hurt the nation, but he didn't listen. And at the end of his story, when you read through it, this kind of the summary of it is this. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, made some of the dumbest decisions ever made. He undermined the uh, Israel, the nation. He undermined their wealth. He undermined his own wealth. He ended up undermining uh, Israel so much that they would end up eventually losing their freedom and becoming slaves to another nation. Solomon not only undermined Israel, but he undermined his own legacy because he thought that he knew it all. And not because he wanted to, but because success is tricky and success is intoxicating and it can prevent us from seeing that we need to ask for advice. The other thing is failure is humiliating. Failure is what sometimes prevents us from asking for advice. Now, the worst thing for a man to feel, and, and maybe a woman, I, I don't really know, I can only speak from my perspective, but the worst thing for a man to feel is inadequate. Inadequate. It's the worst thing for us to feel. And that, ladies, this is why when we're driving in the car and you're sitting in the passenger seat, this is why we don't put on the GPS, because we want you to think that we're the man, because we are the man. And we're driving in the car and we don't put the GPS on because we don't need directions. We can get there on our own. And it, we're half an hour driving, and it was supposed to be a 20-minute trip, and you know that. But we're just going on our way, and you kind of say, 
honey, do, do you know where you are? Do, do you know kind of where things are going? He's like, yes, because we're the man. We don't, we, we, we're lost, but we're, we put on the face because we're the man. We know how to get there. When, so we say, yeah, yeah we're going to get there soon. There must be a detour in here somewhere. Um, so we continue on and another 15, 20 minutes goes on and you're like, maybe I should put it up on the GPS. And we're like, no, 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 I've got this, I can do this, like, I'm the man, you don't, like, and we go on, it goes on another 15 minutes, you just put it in, and it turns out that you're 20 minutes in the wrong direction, but he thought, or we thought that we were going the right direction. The reason why we knew we were lost, and the reason why we don't ask for advice, and the reason why we don't ask for help is because we want others to think that we know it all. And we, whenever there's something that shows that we don't, we like to resist that. And we like to put on the face, even though we don't know we don't know, we like to make others think that we know. And this isn't just a guy thing. This isn't just um, a kind of a, a, a man thing. This is a people thing. This is the reason why so many of us lie about our past. So many of us lie about the marks that we got on our assignments, that lie about the fact that, you know, we made a bad decision, that we got in an accident, and that we got in, kind of got ourselves in a terrible position. Because to admit that we failed, it's kind of hurt us and to make others think that, or know that we don't know it all, that we make mistakes and pride hates that. This is the reason why if you've got an addiction that you don't want to tell anybody about it, and you've been trying to break it, you know it's a problem, but pride keeps telling you, no, 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 you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. If they know, if they know, if they know. And so you shut others out and you don't invite others in and you know that you're struggling on your own, but you continue to try and go it alone because if you told others about your addiction, if you told others about your bad habit, it would make others know that you have a weakness, that you don't know it all. See, failure is humiliating because it means admitting that we are weak in areas. But asking for advice isn't weak, a sign of weakness. In fact, it's a sign of wisdom. Asking for advice is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of wisdom. Having the humility to admit that you have failed, that you don't know it all, is the wisest thing you could ever do. And when you invite others into the decision-making process, it will help you make better decisions. It will help you set you up to make um, decisions that will lead you towards telling a story that you want to tell. And so, we started this series off by asking you one question. What story do you want your life to tell? And if you want to tell a story that that story, it will require you to invite others into the decision-making process and to seek wise counsel. And that's why this week's For Monday, I want to encourage you to seek wise counsel. Um, here at Beyond, we've got this thing called For Monday, which is merely the application section of this message, because we believe that while information is great, applied information is what changes destinies, what changes your life. And so we want to give you something practical so that you are better for coming to church on Sunday. And this Sunday, I want to challenge you to seek wise counsel, to do what Solomon advised everybody else to do, to seek wise counsel. I want you, to, more specifically, to do the, the thing that you did in high school 
when you wanted a better mark in a subject. When you wanted to get better at maths, who did you go to? You didn't go to the person who was better than, at you in English. You didn't go to the person who was topping modern history. You went to the person who was good at maths. You didn't go to the person who was as smart as you because if you went to them and you asked them, hey, I've, I don't know what to do here, they would probably look back at you and go, I don't know what to do here either. I'm just as smart as you. I know just as much as you. Like, how do you think that I know what to do? You don't know. When you wanted to get better at maths, you went to someone who knew more about that subject because you knew that in order to make or to get better at something in a certain area, you needed to talk to somebody who knew more about that subject, who knew more about the area that you wanted to su succeed in. And the same is true for your life. If you want to succeed in a certain area in your life, you will need to go to somebody who knows more about that area, to go to somebody who knows more about writing the story you want your life to tell. And so that's what I really want you to do this week, is to go to someone, find someone who knows more about the story you want to tell, and to talk to them and listen to them. If you want to have a successful marriage or a successful relationship, this week I want to challenge you to go to somebody who has a successful relationship, who has unconditional love for each other, and who has that kind of trust that you want in a relationship, to go to them and ask them about how they got there. Because guaranteed, they didn't get there by accident, but they got there because of the decisions they made. And I want you to go to them and ask them, how did you get here, and how do I move from where I am to where you are? If you want to have, um, if you've got a vision for your uh, finances, if you um, have a vision to get out of your debt, you want to tell a story of being debt-free, then this week, I want you to find somebody who has managed their money well. Go to somebody who's spent their money well, who's saved well. Um, if you are swimming in debt right now, um, if you could, this is what my advice to you, go to somebody who got out of it, out of debt, and ask them how they got there. Ask them about the strategies they put in place, and ask them about what are some of the strategies you would recommend to put in place to help me move out of the debt I'm in? If you've got a, um, a dream or a passion, you want to write a story um, about a certain career, about being in a certain career, I want you to go to somebody who's in that career and ask them about it, how they got there. If you uh, maybe don't know what the career is, but all you know is this, you want to be in a career that you love. You want to wake up every day and love what you do. You may not know what that is, but you just know that that's what you want to do. That's the story you want to have part of your life. If that's the story you want, this week I want you to go to somebody who loves their job and to ask them, how do you find out that job? How do you find a job that you love? And how do I do that? What's your advice? How do I move to that position? How do I find that job that I love doing? If you want to move closer in your relationship with God, if that's part of the story that you want to tell, then you need to invite others in. You need to surround yourself with people who are moving closer in their relationship with Jesus. 
That's why here at Beyond we've got these things called connect groups, because we genuinely believe that the advice of others and being around other people who are moving in a certain direction, moving towards a relationship with Jesus, when you are surrounded by them, it will help you make better decisions and that will move you closer towards a relationship with Jesus. And if you're not in a connect group, I would really encourage you this week um, part of this four Mondays is seek wise counsel. If you want to write a story of being close in a relationship with Jesus, to join a connect group, go to the back of the connect desk and join a connect group and be a part of that. Um, if you've got a bad habit and you want to have an addiction, you need to go talk to someone. You need to invite others into that decision-making process and help ask them about how you move past that because Here's, the, here's, here's kind of the facts. When you invite others in, your chances of succeeding go through the roof. Your chances of breaking that bad habit goes through the roof. And you need to invite others into that process if you want to break free. If you want to break free from that. And it will help you write a story that you are glad to tell. Not only that, but when you ask for advice and when you seek wise counsel, not only will it set you up for success but it will diminish your pride. Because pride says, I know it all. Pride says, I've got this. I don't need anybody else. But when you say yes to asking for advice, you say no to pride. And you invite humility into the situation. And that's ultimately where we're going to leave it tonight. Not only do you kill the pride, but pride is the very thing that will stand in the way of you and a relationship with your heavenly father between you and the story he wants to tell. And we're going to discover that more next week. So I invite you to come along to that. But when you ask for advice, you move towards a story that you want to tell. But not only that, you move towards a story your heavenly father wants to tell. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. He has a future for your life, a future full of hope, love, and purpose. And if you want to move towards that, it will require you to have the humility to admit that you don't know it all and to invite others into the decision-making process. And when you do, God will use the voices of those around you to guard you and to guide you so that you never have to look back on another season, another episode, another relationship, another expenditure of your life and wonder why, why didn't I see it coming? Uh, let me pray for you real quick. Dear God, uh, we just thank you that you love us and that you've placed people around us who can direct us towards that hope, to, to direct us towards that future, Lord. Uh, we just pray that you would give us the humility to invite others into the decision-making process and that you would speak through them to help us move towards that hope, to move towards that dream, to move towards that future you have for us. Um, we pray all these things in your name.